powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to Friends, Foes, and Neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, as what you are about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for insightful interviews with incredible people. Join us now as we delve ever deeper into the human condition. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hey. Thank you, everyone. Please sit. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. Before we jump into the episode, though, I want to say a huge thank you to my last guest, CG5. If you couldn't tell, I became a fan in less than 10 minutes. What an incredible young man. And you can tell just sitting and talking to him that he has a massive future ahead of him. If you've not had a chance to check out our interview, I strongly encourage you to check it out after the conclusion of this episode. So welcome to episode 154, and we have a great episode lined up for you today. We have on the show author Haley Shapley. Haley will be talking about her best-selling book, Strong Like Her, a celebration of rule breakers, history makers, and unstoppable athletes, which celebrates the untold stories of female strength and celebrates the physical power of women. Haley is an absolute delight to speak with and is quite an accomplished athlete herself. In fact, I believe she mentioned she even did bodybuilding at one point, which in itself is awesome. So let's get a Haley out here. Duval Nation, please welcome to the show. Calling in today from Seattle, Washington, or as I like to call it, the most dangerous place in the world if you watch Grey's Anatomy, the author of Strung Like Her, a celebration of rules breakers, history makers, and unstoppable athletes, Haley Shapley. Hello, welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. How is the weather out by you today? Oh, the weather is actually very sunny today, which is somewhat unusual for us in February, but I'll take it. Where are you calling in from? I live in Seattle, Washington. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. I've been to Seattle once for Fleet Week when I was in the Navy. So yeah. very nice place, very nice place. Yeah. So I start my interviews off the same way. That is, how has it been for you to navigate the COVID-19 pandemic up to this point? You know, I am a self-employed writer, so I would say my day-to-day didn't change as much as a lot of other people's because I had been working from home since 2009, so I was very familiar with that lifestyle already. But it was challenging, of course, to be so isolated. I also had my book come out in April 2020. And that was not a great time for a debut author to have a book come out because all of my appearances were canceled, my book launch party, I was doing, um, you know, planning to go to New York and to do a variety of media there. And of course, that was all canceled. So it was a really challenging time of being grateful that I was healthy and that I had a job that was relatively unaffected by COVID while also mourning kind of the loss of a lot of these things that a first-time book author gets to experience. You know, I didn't get to see the book on store shelves for several months and uh, because bookstores were closed, of course. And so, yeah, everything was kind of on delay. But overall, you know, I can't complain too much. Awesome. 
So every journey has a beginning. Where were you born and what was it like to grow up there? Well, I uh, was born in Bremerton, Washington, which is also where I grew up. And as someone who participated in Fleet Week, you might be familiar with Bremerton. Very familiar with Bremerton. Yeah. So it's a town on the Kitsap Peninsula, and it's about an hour away from Seattle by ferry ride. And it has a strong military influence. There's a naval shipyard there and a submarine base. So that's why I thought you'd be familiar. Like all of the Northwest, it is very beautiful, which is something I didn't necessarily value growing up, but there are plenty of scenic vistas of mountains and waterways. So I was really lucky to grow up among fresh air and tall trees and a lot of these things that I've grown to appreciate more over the years. Hmm. What are your favorite memories from your time at the University of Pennsylvania? Oh, gosh, I was not sleeping much during that time. So (laughs) it's all a blur. But at Penn, um, which is where I went to college, I was the managing editor of our student newspaper, The Daily Pennsylvanian. And that had a big impact on um, my life in college and my life after college. I got real hands-on, real-world journalism experience there. It was a very professional publication. We put it out five days a week. It was a tremendous amount of work and responsibility, but also a great training ground for learning storytelling and and other things like working with people, managing people. So that was a big part of my time at Penn. But one of my favorite memories from Penn or favorite things I did was I was an RA, a resident advisor for a floor of freshmen when I was a senior. And it was just really fun to host events for them and uh, we we did a field trip to New York and toured NBC Studios and Sometimes they come knocking on my door at 2 a.m. crying and, you know, so there were ups and downs, but I really enjoyed having the opportunity to sort of play a role in their first year of college and also had a great community of other RAs in the, the college house that I was in. So it was just a really um, fun experience that I'm glad I got to do before I graduated. That's awesome. You are quite an accomplished and well-read journalist. At what point in your life did you decide that you figured out you had a talent for writing? And what led you to do it professionally? I loved writing from a very early age. I remember in fifth grade, I really wanted to go to this young authors conference and my teacher selected someone else. I was very upset, but then the following year she picked me. So I got to go, but I read from a a young age very widely. Um, I went through like all the books in the school library that were my reading level. And so I kind of always knew that I liked to write and that it might be something I would pursue. Interestingly, when I was in college, my senior year and thinking about what I was going to do professionally, I was pretty set on not going into journalism. There was a lot of doom and gloom at the time about um, about the industry, and it just, I was a little burned out, I think, from working at the newspaper, and I just thought maybe I should do something else instead, um, but I don't think that doing anything else was really ever much of an option. Um, I was always drawn to writing, and so a week after I graduated, I moved to Texas and to work as an assistant editor at 
the in-flight magazine for American Airlines, um, which is called American Way. And I've been in publishing ever since in one form or another. I want to talk to you about your book, Strong Like Her, a celebration of rule breakers, history makers, and unstoppable athletes. Where did the idea come from to write this book? I started strength training um, a few years before I wrote the book. And I felt like everywhere I looked, I was seeing women lifting weights, getting involved in sports like powerlifting and CrossFit and Ninja Warrior. And I started to wonder kind of how that had evolved and whether there were other points in history where women pursued physical strength. Because when I was growing up, it wasn't really something that was popular. Like I played a lot of sports. I was very into basketball growing up. I was a swimmer. I was a tennis player. I ran track. I played soccer. I did ballet. Like I was athletic, but I, I never really lifted weights. I never really wanted to be stronger or bigger. That wasn't a goal of mine. Um, but it felt like something that I was seeing a lot of. And so, um, I started to read about the history of fitness. Um, and as I was reading those, books, there was such little content on women. There would be a few pages in each chapter kind of about what women were doing in various eras. Um, and so I knew that there were interesting stories out there to tell. I knew that women had been pushing their athletic potential since the beginning of time. And I wanted to uncover those stories and share them with others. You know, it's funny you say that. Um, a friend of mine from high school who I, unfortunately, I didn't really keep in touch with, found me on Instagram a couple weeks ago, and she is a professional bodybuilder. And okay. she's got pictures of her at the, you know, the events and what have you. I'm like, but I remember you from high school, you were the skinny little, you know, no muscle on you whatsoever. And now you're, you know, big and bulked. And I was real happy for her. She actually ended up winning that event too. So quite proud for her. Yeah, so. that's great. A lot of women you know, don't think that they're going to get into bodybuilding one day. And I actually did compete in a bodybuilding competition, which is what um, kind of really got the wheels turning. And when I wrote the proposal for this book was after I had competed, because the way that people react to women bodybuilding is very interesting. On one hand, you know, a lot of people were really interested in what I was doing and wanted to know what my training plan looked like and what my eating and nutrition was like, you know, they would ask me questions about what, what the posing is like and what you do on stage. But on the other hand, a lot of people said things like, don't get too big because men don't like that, or don't lift too heavy. You don't want to hurt yourself or like, don't push yourself too hard. And it made me realize that we have, we still have these ideas about what activities are appropriate for women and how far they should push these activities. So even though bodybuilding is more popular now for, you know, somebody you might know than it was in the 70s, it's, we still have these thoughts around, well, you can take it to some extent, but, but don't go past that. And that line is different for everyone. But I think it's not something that we enforce as much with men. I don't know a lot of other men who lift weights who get told, you know, don't get too big or don't bulk up too much or don't lift too heavy because you might hurt yourself. I'm sure it happens, but not to the same extent that I think it happens with women. The book has incredible tales from strong women and has some 
beautiful portraits. Your book encourages society to rethink what we know about you know female sports, bodybuilding, and such. How important was it for you to get that point across in the book? The purpose is to tell to tell the stories of women who have paved the way for us to be able to work out today because that is not a given. And women have been able to work out for recreational purposes for a shockingly short amount of time. Um, it's not something that everyone has always had access to. There are plenty of places in the world where women don't have access to fitness. So I really wanted to shine that spotlight on the trailblazers who have made it possible for us. And I wanted to highlight the connections between physical strength and other types of strength because I don't think that it gets enough credit for being just one part of a holistic person. You know, the the physical feeds into mental and emotional and spiritual and social strength and all of those aspects of our lives. And physically strong women have really made a difference and they've been at the forefront of important moments of society. So that is what I wanted to be able to convey when I set out to write this book. I had on the show, and this is going back about two years now, um, Olympic gold medalist, I had Jordan Weber. She was a, oh, she was yeah. a gymnast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she was talking about, and she was talking about, you know, the, the training, the, the conditioning and what have you. And again, it's about, you know, core strength, leg strength, arm strength. It's, it's incredible. The, the mental, the mental work and the physical work that gets into making a, you know, a champion athlete, and I'm glad that that book that you're you're doing that you're shining a light on those on those stories. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what? And I've always loved the Olympics, which is another <laughs> reason why I was drawn to this um, book topic because it's just when they come on, I clear my schedule, I watch as many <laughs> hours as I can. I just love it. But one thing that was important for me also to highlight in this book is that you know we see women like Jordan Weber and Serena Williams and. Allison Felix, who's a track star, who are performing at the absolute highest level of their sport. But you don't have to be in that place to reap benefits from being physically strong or for pursuing fitness in whatever way works for you. I am never going to be in the Olympics. I'm never going to deadlift 500 pounds. I'm I'm not going to run a five minute mile, you know, I'm not going to be an elite athlete, but the benefits that I've gotten from strength training are so, you know, have been so important to my life. And so I hope that even though I highlight a lot of women who are famous or who are exceptional, um, I also tried to highlight women who are more everyday women just out there, um, doing their best uh, so that everyone can kind of see themselves in this book. Mm. How long did it take you to write the book? I had nine months to write it. Um, that was the time frame the publisher gave me. And I, I had thought about it for a while before that. So kind of like start to finish, the process was about three years. But, but the actual writing time was nine months. And then I had a very, very stressful or hectic um, six weeks or so to revise it. And that's when a lot of the really important work uh, got done with the book in terms of organizing it and uh, making my points clear. My editor uh, had, you know, a strong vision for what she wanted it to look like. And, and I got to work on that very intensively for, for several weeks. What has the reception of the book been like? 
It's been so great. It's probably my favorite part of being an author is getting to connect with readers and hearing their stories. I've heard from women around the world, actually. I I often hear from women in Australia, and I've heard from women in Germany and and elsewhere about how the the stories touch them in some way. And the other thing I love is everyone has a different person in the book that they are like, I love this athlete, or this chapter is the one that really resonated with me. And so, you know, it's just been great to get that feedback. A lot of it comes through social media, which is, you know, sort of a new, new thing. Um, I guess it was more letters back in the day, um, and emails after that, but I get a lot of Instagram messages now. And yeah, I just love chatting with, with readers who want to, to share how the book impacted them. I know that you go out and you do a lot of speaking engagements. What do you enjoy most about doing those? I love storytelling in all of its forms. And so my primary mode of storytelling is the written word. It's, you know, what I've been doing forever. But I really like speaking engagements because it gives me an opportunity to tell a story in a different way. I adapt material that I've written to speeches, but it does have to be adapted. It's not exactly the same. And so it's really, um, it's fun for me to kind of flex a, a slightly different muscle in terms of how I share information. And the other thing I really like about speaking is that it makes me nervous um, in a way that writing a story does not. You know, you you don't really get that adrenaline rush in the same way when you're writing because you've got time to revise and um, to really sit and think deeply about how you want to express yourself. And, you know, getting on stage gives you a little bit of that like heart palpitation thing right before you get up there. It doesn't make me extremely nervous. Like I know public speaking is like the number one fear. I think at least in the US, I'm not afraid to that extent, but I, I definitely worry (laughs) before I give a speech. So I kind of like that. I think it, you know, it focuses me and makes me feel like I'm really in the moment, which is a nice thing to do. It's one of those things like it's kind of like, you know, you have your good anxiety and your bad anxiety. Yeah. And definitely like there's a I've done public speaking myself, that adrenaline rush right as you walk on stage and you're like, OK, I see a sea of people. Let's, you know, let's block it out and get in the zone and what have you. I, I respect what you do. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I love the way you described it. That's true. You have to really just sort of like zone in and, and block out mm. all of the extraneous information and really just mm. be there, be there in the moment. Okay, Duval Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we will be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Haley Shapley. May I suggest you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long deep breaths. You know, that's right, Cluzo style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Please give your attention to a few friends of my show, and we will be right back. Welcome to Wine Chats with Bildo and Lindalyn. My name is Billy Milovanovic, a.k.a. Bildo. My name is Lindsay Kirkwood, also known as Lindalyn. And this is our offensively funny podcast about drinking wine and chatting life. Some of our previous topics include conspiracy theories. I know somebody that thinks the world's flat. What? Like a real person? Yes. Body ailments. I'm going to go from toes up because I have a lot. <laughs> no, seriously, you laugh, but I have so many this body ailments. what happens with age, guys. And I know. And orgasms. 
I'm a little bit frustrated and it just, it just hasn't been happening. I, I'm trying, Henry's trying, we're all trying, but when orgasming is good, it's good. Basically, we talk about all the things that you would generally talk about over wine with your girlfriends. New episodes out each Monday. Chat, Chat soon. Duval Nation, Derek and Mindy Duval here to talk about Jerky Pro, the standard in premium beef jerky products. The Derek Duval Show and Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies is proud to be sponsored by the team at Jerky Pro. As a veteran, I am always the first to support veteran-owned businesses. Setting up shop in 1987 and founded by military and paramilitary veterans, they have set the bar for how beef jerky is processed, flavored, packaged, and sold. With strict quality control standards, Jerky Pro offers many flavors that are sure to please any beef jerky connoisseur. From the standard original flavor to honey glazed, peppered, teriyaki, sweet barbecue, or if you're brave enough, the fierce red hot, there are many flavors guaranteed to entice your palate. Offered in various sized packaging, use promo code DUVAL37, all in capital letters, at checkout to receive a 5% discount. Remember folks, if your beef jerky is not making your mouth water, then it's not Jerky Pro Beef Jerky. Jerky Pro, the standard in premium beef jerky products. Janae Sergio, arriving. Hello, everyone. This is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, a veteran's journey from homeless to hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Hey, it's Presley Tennant, and you're listening to The Derek Duvall Show. You can find my brand new EP, 600 Miles, on all streaming platforms right now. Hello, this is Erica, host and guide of the YouTube vlog Mon Jardin au Coin. I invite you to join me as we explore the many joys of gardening, such as sowing seeds, raising plants, and the reward of harvesting. If gardening is something you're interested in, or you just want to follow my adventures and receive tips to help any novice break into starting their own garden, you can find Monjardin Oquan on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I look forward to having you hang out with me in my little garden on the corner. Hi, this is Glenn. And this is Sonia from Echo Valley. And you are listening to The Derek Duval Show. Here's a song called Faces in the Mirror from our album Anarchy and Alchemy. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. 
You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts. Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Welcome back to episode 154 of the Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with the author of Strong Like Her, a celebration of rule breakers, history makers, and unstoppable athletes, Haley Shapley. So from what I read, you are a very active person. You've, you know, cycling, climbing, bodybuilding, and I believe you run a few marathons. How important are these activities for your personal well-being? They're so important, you know. Over time, my commitment to different physical activities waxes and wanes as life things happen, you know, and that's going to happen to anyone over time where you're going to have more and less time to devote to one aspect of your life over another. But when I don't work out regularly, I don't think as well. Um, I don't feel as good. I just think it is so important to all aspects of my health. So it's something I prioritize and it's, it's can be really hard to do. Like I have a lot of deadlines. Um, I've especially lately, um, have a lot of projects that I'm working on and it can be easy to say like, I'm not going to go to the gym tonight, or I'm not going to go for this hike. I'm not going to do this or that. But for me, I make it like an appointment that I have to keep the same as I need to keep a phone call or meeting up with someone or, or a deadline. Because because I think it is that important. That's the one thing I always I have to remind my friends who are parents. It's like, you know, there's being a parent, but you've got to take care of yourself as well. Because if you're not, you know, 100 percent, you know, you're not going to be 100 percent for your kids. So I always tell people, you know, prioritize yoga or uh, working at least get 30 minutes in a day. And I believe it or not, that helps a lot of people. At least that's my personal opinion anyway. So. Definitely. And I think, you know, sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Like you think you need at least an hour. You think you need to go to somewhere in particular or whatever, and it can feel daunting, but just getting any kind of movement is better than none. Even if it's just going outside for a walk, if that's what you can do that day, take the time to do it because um, I agree, it it helps you show up better um, in your life. What would you say has been the best piece of advice anyone's ever given you? Ooh, the best piece of advice. It's probably something along the lines of be yourself. I had a a great teacher when I was in elementary school, actually, who I'm still in touch with to this day, who really helped solidify for me that I should just be me. I shouldn't worry about, you know, at the time what the other kids thought or, or now, you know, what, what others think. But when I show up as myself, that's, I have a point of view, like it could be for better or for worse. It depends on who you ask, I'm sure. But it helps me stay focused on what's important to me and 
to do things the way that I want to do them and the way that I think that they should be done and, and to like interact with people in a way that's authentic to me. And I, I think I was really lucky to learn that when I was so young, because a lot of kids, you know, as they become teenagers can feel like they get sort of lost in who they are and they're trying to please others or trying to, you know, they don't really have a strong identity. And I never had that challenge. I always had a very strong identity and I think it's allowed me to flourish. That's awesome. You casually mentioned earlier, you're working on a lot of projects. What's next for you? Well, right now I'm working on a lot of kind of short-term writing. So in my day-to-day life, I am a journalist and a copywriter. Um, I used to do a lot of travel writing and still dabble in it here and there, but now I do a lot of actually work on social media and um, I do a lot of health writing and fitness writing. So uh, I've got a lot going on there, but I am working on my next book proposal now. I'm not quite ready to share the details of it, but hopefully I'll have some news on that within the next year and I'll be able to start the book journey all over again. That's awesome. So as we enter the final phase of this interview, I always like to ask one fun question. And that is, when you're not working out, when you're not writing, what do you like to do for fun? How do you relax? You, are you ready to the shows, music, or anything like that? Yeah, good question. So this is going to sound very boring, but very on brand. I love to read, and I love to exercise. So that's honestly what I do for fun. And one of the things I picked up actually during the pandemic was listening to audiobooks, which I didn't mm. used to do. And so I love to listen to audiobooks while I'm working out. It's helped me get through a lot more books than I used to be able to. Of course, I still love to read printed books as well, but it's great for, um, you know, just there are so many books I want to read. And <laughs> it's a it's a really kind of quick way. I listen at usually 1.75 speed, so I'm getting through them relatively Pretty quickly. Quick. But you mentioned shows. Another thing I love to do is go to musicals. Um, big fan of Broadway musicals. I uh, am lucky to live in downtown Seattle where we have two theaters that have shows within walking distance of me. So I uh, just recently went and saw the Temptations musical and next month I'll be seeing Dear Evan Hansen. So I do love live theater and cultural events. I love to go to museums. Um, I'm going to see the Pacific Northwest Ballet next month. So uh, yeah, I enjoy all of that as well. Awesome. You know, you funny, you say that uh, audiobooks. I actually have bought my first two audiobooks in the last year. And I'm currently listening to uh, Barack Obama's uh, Promised Land. Oh, nice. Narrated by him. Yes. I was going to say, that's a high-quality narrator right there. Right. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, he has said, I mean, you know, politics aside, it's this very calming voice. It's very calming demeanor. So I'm working, and I got this in my ear, and I'm like, it just it's it, you're right it it's it's great i i do enjoy audiobooks so you've got it it's got me hooked so i'll be probably getting a few more of those so it's really fun and i got to record the introduction and the afterword for my own audiobook which i loved and so my goal is to be able to record a full one um in the future nice um what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online you can find me on instagram at haley shapley and i'm 
also have a website, HaleyShapley.com. So those are uh, probably the best ways to find me. Awesome. I end my interviews with my favorite question. And the question is this. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you would like to say to the people of Earth? Oh, people of Earth. I would say you're stronger than you think. You know, in all ways, in all areas, you're capable of more than you think you are. And I hope that people who read Strong Like Her know that. But I hope that everyone knows that because we have a lot of strength that we don't necessarily know how to tap into or think we can tap into but it's there as people we have it awesome the book is strong like her a celebration of rule breakers history makers and unstoppable athletes available on amazon barnes and noble wherever books are sold haley congratulations on the book and my listeners join me in wishing you nothing but continued success for the future thank you so much derek and just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 154. I want to thank Haley for being so cool, for coming on the show and hanging out with me, and for talking about all the amazing things she is doing. The book is amazing, and I hope everyone gets a chance to check it out. So Haley, thanks again for coming on the show. Okay, tune again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. I have a really good one coming up in a few days, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for that episode to drop. Also, I think it's fair to ask you, the listener, have you enjoyed this episode? I truly hope you have, so please go hit that subscribe button to keep up to date for when new episodes drop. Also, if you are feeling generous, drop us a review. We love reading what our listeners have to say about us, good or bad. We are still enjoying our partnership with the Amazing Tea Public. The Derek Duvall Show has a great little store on there with everything with our logo on it, including magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we have some really fun t-shirts on there that Mrs. Duvall and I added ourselves. So please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com. Go to the banner at the left that said Merch. Click that, and you'll be taken to our store on Tea Public. And once again, I want to thank them for being such great partners with the show. So on behalf of myself and the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening... Spend time with your older members of your family and have them spend countless hours telling you stories about how they grew up. It will give you a whole new appreciation for just how amazing this generation has it. Nostra, God bless, and see you next time, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duval Show.